0: You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. If you're looking for some encouragement, words of hope, and maybe a laugh or two, that's exactly what Richard wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always pick it back up at our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, you can find all of Richard's talks right there waiting just for you, Talks.com. So, with today's talk,
1: here's Richard Ellis. Our topic today is life can be a scream. What is it in life, now think with me a minute, what is it in life that makes you want to scream sometimes? Anybody? All right, well, well, well maybe we'll do a raise our hand thing, you know, don't scream it out. What was it? Rework. Rework what is rework oh two or three times we have counselors over here too to the side if you'd like to speak with somebody counselors available all right rework having to do something over i've got one that ties with that one how about you've worked on a file in a computer for a day or two or three and bam your computer crashes or something man that that'll make you want to kill and scream i mean that's just drives you nuts what else who had something else that makes you want to scream Kids, you got my list here. I got that on my list. What else makes you want to scream? Husbands. Do I hear a wife? Do I hear wives? Anybody want to? Yeah, I think that will be, that was on my list too. Husbands, wives, kids, rework, what else? A boss. Is he here today or is she here today? Yeah, be careful what you share here now at the table. Some of these TU people here, you don't want to be too honest. All right, a boss can be a struggle, make you want to scream. What was the other one? Traffic. Man, y'all got my list going here. I got, that's a bunch of them. What else? Traffic. Come on, what makes you, deadlines. That's on the list. This is amazing. Y'all are hitting them. Bills. That's on here too. What was the one? Taxes. I've got April 15th in particular on here. Taxes. Anything else? Cooking. Cooking. Yeah, that can make men nuts, too, depending on how it comes out. <laughs> Cooking can make you want to scream. What else? Car trouble. Right, now, I'm going to tell you what, guys, and I'll tell you another story in a minute about this. But car trouble will make you crazy. I mean, if you're running late, I don't know anybody who gets to work on time. If you're running late anyway, and all of a sudden your hood starts to steam or a tire goes flat. I mean, that just, that's it. That makes you just nuts. What else was out there? Throw them out. Come on now. This is good for us. This is really Small a...
0: Concession stand what?
1: <laughs> Slowest people behind the concession stand. We do have counselors over here. Now that that was... <laughs>
0: we
1: have to have a therapy lunch in here one day. All right, let me read you some other ones. No one said this one, but how about X's? And somebody that I said that one to said lawyers. Now, this is nothing personal, but somehow lawyers and exes get tied to each other. Finances, financial stresses can make you crazy. Now, this may just be me. If any of you guys relate to this one, how about you get in the car, you're running late, you tie your tie, and you get in to button your button down, and the button just crumbles in your fingers. I mean, that one just makes you want to go crazy. And you're always by yourself when it happens. Like, what am I supposed to do with these pieces? You know, you're trying to... And if you've ever done it, you've got one little piece hanging on by a thread and you're trying to put that piece through that hole and then it explodes in a million pieces and you're sunk. So you're walking around all day with one side flapping, you know. And, oh, well. How about nobody mentioned this? And this drives my wife crazy. Get somewhere and look down and there's this big old run in your hose. Yeah, I some women got that one. How about a bounce check? Man, that just thing just keeps going on and there's $25 here and five, you know, it's just all these. Central Expressway, maybe we're in such denial about that it never is mentioned. <laughs> one that drives me crazy is I run in somewhere, I put 50 cents in the meter and come back and there's a nice man standing there putting a green envelope on my car. And you just wanna say, I'm standing right here, don't waste the envelope. And he just walks off, you know, you get your ticket. The other day I stopped. Let me tell you this one. The other day I stopped. Somebody had run out of gas, and I thought, no, I can't leave this lady here. So I stopped. We went to the gas station, got this gas thing, went back, put gas in the car. I took the gas can back because I knew the gas station guy. I got there, and when I'm sitting there, my car starts to overheat. <laughs> now, I thought, okay, there's, there's a good side to this because I could have been out somewhere else and had done it. At least I'm helping somebody and overheated at the gas station. So I thought, fine, they'll put some water in it. That didn't work. We put water in it and hoped it would cool down, and all of a sudden it was just like a geyser just shooting water. That wasn't going to work. So I left it, long story short. He calls me back. You know how they call you and say it's going to be X amount of dollars. You say, now, are you sure? No, we're sure. And then they get in there, well, they call you back, we found something else. I mean, before it's all over, it's 800 bucks worth of stuff. I pick the car up. You know, you're never really happy writing those checks. So you write that check. Four days later, I'm driving around downtown, and my engine light comes on. Hey, guys, I'm good for like three months. I don't deserve any engine lights for like three months after you write an $800 check. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, what is up with this car? There's nothing left to fix. <laughs> and I go back, and what? It turns out it's a $9 little piece, little switch, and they put it in. The guy couldn't even charge me labor. He was so upset because he knew how much I would spent a few weeks before. Puts a little part in there. How do you use these things that make you want to scream, make your life a scream? Now, life can be a scream. That can be a negative statement or it can be a positive statement. But how do you take all this stuff that just seems to never go away? As long as you're breathing or driving or working or in a relationship of any kind or in a family situation, there is stuff that drives you absolutely crazy. And guys, it is not going to go away. How do you take that stuff that makes you want to scream and bring it to something positive that makes life a scream? Not fun all the time. Let me read you a passage out of James chapter 1, and here's how this chapter starts. This book starts, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. He's writing to these Jewish people that are scattered all over the place. The twelve tribes. And here's how he starts this letter. Guys, if I'm getting the letter and I'm having trouble, I don't want to hear this, frankly. He says right off the bat, it's like, Dear Richard, boom. Not, how are you doing? Is everything okay? Hope your family's great. He says, my brethren, and remember that because he's talking to family here, believers. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What, has he lost his mind? And this word here, various, all kinds of trials or testings, he says, and literally it's like you fall into this stuff. I mean, nobody goes out and, you know, hammers a nail in their tire and says, now maybe on the way to work today, it'll blow and I'll have all kinds of problems and this will be great. We don't... I mean, some of us sabotage our lives. We do it and don't realize it. But a lot of times, these things just happen. We literally fall into this stuff. And you look up, and I mean, some of you could probably share right now. You say, yeah, this is happening. This is happening, my work, my kids, my whatever. And you're literally, it's just like you've fallen into all this stuff. And you look around, you're like, God, what are you doing to me? What is going on in my life? And James says to these people, look. My brethren, count it all joy. It's awesome if you look around and you have fallen into all kind of trials. It takes a tremendous amount of faith and trust in God to take a statement like that and make it work. Because when you're in that pile or whatever you've fallen into, it does not feel good. It does not look good. It doesn't look like it's going to be okay. And James says when you get in that situation, count it all joy. Now, there is a difference between joy and happiness happiness comes and goes I mean one second you can be happy the next second you can be sad I mean that can come and go but there is something about joy and only God gives you joy there's something about joy that no matter what's going on it just can be there you can have financial problems and have joy you can have no financial problems you can still have joy and these things that come into our life, he says, that's when you ought to thank God for these things and count it all joy that you got problems. Now, what do we do most of the time when all hell breaks loose in our lives? What do we do? You get hit with problems, and what's the first reaction usually? Blame somebody, complain, throw a pity party, table for one. Well, some of us have perfected this technique. But that's what we do. Why is it? Now, we do the natural thing. I mean, something goes wrong. I mean, you just want to kick the dash. (laughs) Sometimes these things that we are so bent out of shape about, that we get so crazy over, really we get down to it and it does work out. It is going to be okay. It's not that big a deal. And a lot of times it's our own fault. These problems that come into our lives You've got to rejoice. The natural instinct is what? To complain, to be bitter. To God, what are you doing to me? And the Bible says, don't do that. Because I'm allowing these things to come into your life to teach you something, to test you. And if every time I bring something tough into your life, you complain, you go downhill immediately, you're not going to learn anything. And we end up angry. We end up bitter. We end up upset all the time. It affects our family, our work environment, everything. Here's what he's saying to do. The second you get hit, whatever you're being hit with now or have been or you're going to be, the second you get hit, what should your reaction be? This is great. Now you say, well, that sounds way too exciting. This is not great. But inside somewhere you say, you know what, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I've been through enough hell in my life already and have complained enough when stuff went wrong and it didn't do any good that if you're saying to count it all joy when I fall into this stuff, something good's going to come of it, I'm going to try your way. So you get hammered with something and you say, okay, I was going to complain, but no, I'm going to thank God. I'm going to trust him. Okay, God, I know something awesome is about to happen because you love me too much to allow all this kind of stuff to happen to me without a reason. So I'm going to watch and wait and see what comes of it. I'm going to trust you. Guys, it's not just that that changes your attitude and my attitude and my situation. The problem's still going to be there. It's just now all of a sudden, instead of me complaining, I got some peace, I got some joy in the midst of it, and it's not about just me. You go back in your office today, and from now on, every time something goes wrong, you don't fly off the handle and go nuts and scream. You stop and calmly say, you know what? This is a little confusing here. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm going to trust you, God. In your attitude when it changes inside, the people around you say, wait a minute, what's up with her? Something's changing that person. Because see, everybody out there does the same thing usually. We just lose it. And when they see in your life another life and someone who's given you the power, the control, the ability to not go crazy when stuff goes crazy, then they say, how is it that I go insane when something happens and you keep your composure? And you have control of your emotions, and you don't go crazy like I do. And they start seeing a different kind of life in you to say nothing of just how you're going to feel personally. Now, let's finish this verse. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing why, know this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And this word, I looked it up, In this word patience means steadfastness, constancy, endurance, a patient, enduring, sustaining perseverance. It's just this thing that says, I can do it. I can make it. I'm going to go the distance, a long haul. Not this irrational, erratic behavior, but it creates patience. So the next time you get hit, what happens? Instead of being impatient, you're patient. You stop. You say, wait a minute. This is part of life. And if it's happened before, God brought some good from it. I'm learning from that. And that's what he says here. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, then verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let patience have its perfect work so that you're perfect, you're whole, you're complete. There's nothing missing in your life. You've learned to deal with adversity. It's not going away. We assume people, just because they're rich, oh man, somebody's a billionaire, oh, they don't have any problems, they don't have any money problems maybe, but sometimes money can create all these other, you think because somebody else doesn't have a problem, you have, they're okay. Everybody's got trouble, they got family problems, they got problems because they got money, they got to keep that money doing something, making money, or they get crazy because they want to make more money everybody's got trouble. It's not going away. So you make your mind up. You say, okay, this stuff's happening to me. I can't change it. What am I going to do? Do you remember the story? Some of you have grown up Bible stuff, maybe not Joseph in the old Testament, Joseph's the youngest son in a family. His brothers are jealous of him. They sell him to a bunch of slave traders that come through, dip his coat that his dad gave him in blood and go back and say he got eaten by a lion or something, and his dad's all brokenhearted. This kid's off somewhere in Egypt, sold into slavery. This guy buys him. He works in his house. I mean, he ends up in jail. It's a nightmare of a life. I mean, it's okay at some point. Somebody lies about him. He gets, it goes on and on, and he ends up. Here's how this guy's life ends up. He ends up the prime minister of Egypt, Joseph, at like 30 years of age. Now, what if Joseph, and you never see him complaining, Joseph says, you know, I'm going to trust God. And these things have happened. There's got to be a reason. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep trusting. He was faithful. He persevered. He endured. He learned patience. And in the end, his brothers end up in a famine and Joseph is, you'll have to read it in Genesis sometime, but Joseph has done this amazing thing in Egypt and stockpiled food and his family ends up coming to get food and his dad and his brothers show up where he lives and this is what Joseph says to them, but as for you, you meant evil against me. And after all this stuff has happened to him, he's talking to his own brothers who have done this to him. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Joseph endured all the stuff, got to the end and realized what? I see the end of it. My brothers intended evil toward me, but God meant it for good. God can take the most disastrous thing in your life, guys, and turn it for good. You say, you don't know what my trouble is. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, but he does. And if you don't take it to him and you don't trust him with it, where are you going to go with it? Tell me that. Because some of this stuff we're facing, it's not going to go away. I mean, I mentioned exes before. I mean, if you're married and you get divorced and you have children, that is not going to go away. I mean, you're going to have to deal with that until somebody dies, and that may be on your prayer list, I know. But (laughs) you've got a situation in your life. If you're in that situation, you've got something that is not going to go away. So you're going to either be angry and just take it out on that other person the rest of your life and the kids suffer as a result of it is what happens. Or you're going to say, you know what, God, I don't like this. And I don't like it that I've fallen into this, especially if it wasn't your fault totally. I don't like it. I don't like being here. I don't like how this has affected my life, but I cannot change this. And I'm either going to be bitter till the day I die and hate him or her or them or whatever, or I'm going to count this joy and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to see you bring some good from this. I can't see it. Guys, that's what faith is about. If you could see it, it wouldn't be faith. If you could figure it all out, this would be a no-brainer for everybody. It's not the natural thing to do, trusting God. It's something you have to do by faith, and the longer you do it, the more you do it, the easier it is to do it because you've got so much of a track record. Why do you think the Bible refers to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Because every time they called him that, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they remembered Abraham. God was faithful to Abraham. Isaac, Jacob. He is a God who has taken care of us for so long. Why would he ditch on us now? He's brought you this far, and to leave you. He'll take care of you. Let me read you another verse. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. He's your model. He's the one you look at. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, and here's what I want you to hear. For the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did Jesus, how in the world could the God of the universe in a man's body No, he was going to die on a cross, be nailed to a cross, suffer, bleed, just take the sin of the world on him. How could he see that and endure it? It says for the joy that was set before him. He knew if I do what the father sent me here to do and what has to be done so that people don't have to live eternally separated from my father, from me, if I pay the price, the joy on the other side is so great, I'm willing to suffer right now. See, you don't trust that there's joy now, as the Bible says, and joy later if you do it God's will or you do it every time. I'd do it every time. You say, well, it's just foolishness. I'll tell you, the man that kind of discipled me and helped me understand a lot of these things, one day he read me this verse. Let me read this to you. First Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. People come to me all the time and say, man, I just want to know God's will for my life. I wish I knew God's will for my life. Here's what this verse says, in everything give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to know what God's will is for your life? In everything, give thanks. He told me that one day, and I literally said to him, I said, I ain't doing that. I said, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't work. I'm not doing that. I said, this stuff is not good that's happening to me. I'm not thanking God. That is ridiculous. And he said, that's all right. That's fine. You will. And he was right. (laughs) And what I started seeing was, his life was not like my life. And he did what he told me the book said to do, and his life was one way, and I didn't do it, and my life was pretty sorry. And so I said, okay, I'll try this. So I started thanking God for ridiculous stuff. See, it's not, I mean, if you win a car in some drawing, oh, this is going to be so difficult, but God, thank you for this car, you know, that's, (laughs) I mean, that's not hard to thank God for a car you win. And man, when you're driving to work and your tire blows, oh, praise the Lord, my tire blows. Thank you, God. This is so great. I mean, you may not be that dizzy about it, but you stop and you say, now, God, this is usually makes me mad as a hornet, but I'm not going to let this happen. God, I don't know what you're doing, but thank you for this flat tire. Now, guys, something will settle in on you, a joy. Don't let this stuff that makes you want to scream steal your joy. And there's nobody can change this but you. You say, well, I don't believe this. Fine, you will. Because sooner or later, there's nowhere else to go but to the truth and do what he says to do. And I'm telling you from personal experience, someone who said it doesn't work and tried it. And when I do it, it works. And does it make my tire fill back up all of a sudden and I don't have any problems? And that's the no. I still have a flat, but I can't tell you how many times a flat, a problem. And I say, "Okay, God, what are you doing here? And it's, I'll tell you what it's always about in my life. It's about, usually it's about somebody else. I have had flats where there's no way in the world I would have stopped there and met a record. I've had a flat tire in awful places, ended up in a record with a guy whose life was falling apart, and the flat tire was about the guy in the record truck. And God's trying to say, Ellis, if you will be still and be quiet long enough and trust me, That guy's life is worth more than your inconvenience about this flat tire, and you're the only one close by, and I'm going to have to let this tire blow because I'm more concerned about that guy right now than you being inconvenienced on a flat tire. And so you take a deep breath, and what? You start looking for people. You lose a file, and your computer goes down. That makes you just crazy. I've had that happen in the last few months. And then I say, no, wait a minute. All right, you know, you try to, you got to do it. You get better at it. You practice this. And you say, okay, God. Maybe a technician's going to show up. Somebody's going to come work on my computer. And see, guys, it's always about people. It's not about stuff. And then somebody comes in. Or did you have a problem with your computer? And you say, God, is this the person I'm supposed to talk to? And you begin to look for stuff in their life. How can I help somebody else? And then it starts to make sense. Now, it doesn't always make sense. You may be heaven on some of this before it makes sense. But guys, you got to trust Him. you got got nowhere else to go. You don't have another option unless you want to die bitter, angry upset, resentful, unforgiveness in your heart. Count it all joy, says, when you fall into various trials, because it brings patience and you'll be perfect, complete, lacking none. We'll get back
0: to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com.
1: Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. Let's pray in a minute. I'll let you go back to work. Father, thank you so much for these minutes. Lord, this is not a maybe. It's This is everybody. It's not a handful of people, Lord. We all got stuff that drives us crazy. And the sooner we discover that it's these things that you allow to come into our lives, to get our attention, to draw us to you, the sooner we're going to get on with this and really end up like we want to be, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. And Lord, for the people that right now are identifying stuff in their lives that they've been complaining, angry, bitter with you and other people about. Lord, just give them the wisdom and the faith to say, okay, God, I'll let it go. I'll trust you. I'll thank you for this. It doesn't make any sense now, God, but I got nowhere else to go with it. I don't want to live this way and feel this way, so I'm going to trust you, God, and let it go. I pray before they walk out of the room, God, it would be given over to you and dealt with. And for anybody, Father, who's here, This whole God thing and church and lunch talk just seems kind of foreign. Help them understand more than anything else, Father, that you desire to have a relationship with people individually and that the whole reason Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead is to offer us this awesome gift of eternal life and an abundant life between here and heaven. May someone discover that, receive that gift today by faith and see the difference that you make in and through a life. We love you, God. Use us even this day. As we work with our families, let there be a difference in our life as a result of having encountered you and your word this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today
0: to Richard Ellis Talks. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. One last thing, Richard Ellis Talks is a daily program, but also has daily costs. And being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. Maybe you've given to this ministry before or have waited for the right time. Well, we believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, RichardEllisTalks.com. Thank you for your very generous gifts. It truly means so much to us. God bless and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.